Hey, how you guys doing? It's the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to podcast number 48 for Brothers Comics as we slalom down the hill to podcast number 50. On the line tonight, we have the full cast of contributors for Brothers Comics, um, the people from the Thursday Night Comic Book Chat, as well as Brothers Comics, people from New Day Over 40. Um, so tonight, as we go around the table, um, you know him from... Thursday night comic book chat primarily and he's uh pinch hit a couple of times on the Brothers Comics podcast, most notably for the missing Ant Man episode. Tonight it's Brother Beavis. Brother Beavis, say what's happening. Alright, my muty. Muty please, muty please. Uh also on the line tonight, called up from double A. It is uh from the Thursday night comic book chat. It's the Sandman and from Who Day Over Forty. Say what's up, Sandman. Alright, man, you ready to play. Also, our two originals, um, we have the female perspective. Now, she wasn't coming on tonight. We're going to put her on Front Street. She wasn't going to come on tonight, but I think she felt so bad about not being able to join the podcast. And she just, you know, she's she's taking one for the team. It's female perspective. Say what's up, female perspective. Hola, what's up? All right. And, and thank you again for coming on. And then we have, like I said, he's got a lot of nicknames. Uh, Larry Kennebrew. Pete Johnson, uh, the Toaster, uh, Beaker. Um, uh, tonight he's the habitual line stepper, the ten percenter himself, Mister Mister. It's Big Hutch. Say what's up, Big Hutch. Ten percent of Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, <laughs> for podcast forty eight, we always have to remember to kind of check around the table to see if we're drinking. Uh, we're a little bit. Um, uh, elated from the Bengal win from earlier today, so I know I'm drinking. Uh, Big Hutch, what you drinking? I'm drinking La Fin du Monde. Uh, I'm assuming that's a wine. <laughs> no, this is a <laughs> what is beer it? from Belgium. From Belgium. Yeah. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> I've been drinking a lot. <laughs> okay, female perspective. What are you drinking? I'm drinking Granite Coast, uh, Vineyard, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Very nice and fancy too. All right, uh, brother B or Sam, man, I know you're on Pepsi or something along those lines, man. Not Pepsi tonight, just with some regular old Arnold Palmer uh, uh, iced tea. I'm going a little slow tonight. <laughs> slow down, bro. Don't don't get too crazy. Uh, <laughs> slow down. Yeah. Slow down. Uh, brother Beavis. Oh, I'm revving hardcore tonight. I got an unsweetened sparkling water with cucumber mint flavor. <laughs> oh. What in the world? He's so weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that literally... I've known... Yeah, I, I've known you for 30 years, man. That may have been the whitest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> Uh, are you on a cleanse? You, 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 you call me in a bad time. I just opened it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Uh, I am on a Guinness blonde. No. <laughs> One of these kids is not like the other. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I'm on a. <laughs> 
I'm on a Guinness Blonde uh, American Lager tonight, um, so that'll get it started. As always, we start the Brothers Comics Podcast with the box office report. Um, I'm going to count you up from five to one. Um, There's a couple of new movies and a couple of movies that didn't even make it into the top five um, as they came out this week. Um, And again, uh, anybody seen any new movies this week? Or last week? Nothing that's out. Yeah, y'all broke yeah, down here. Nothing there. All right. Um, I haven't seen anything either. Uh, not even an international showing. Uh, the number five movie. Uh, my box office thing won't pull up here. Here we go. Yeah, I got it. I'm sorry. Uh, number five was Girl on a Train. Uh, made about $7.2 million, uh, rounding up close to $60 million. Uh, Brother Beavis, you know anybody that read that book? <laughs> Why, just because I drink sparkling water or cucumber mint flavor? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, duly noted. Um, <laughs> number four movie was Ouija 2. Uh, horror movie, perfect time, right out before Halloween. Um, let me side bro, topic real quick. I, I never mess with Ouija boards. I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of superstitious. I don't never mess with Ouija boards. I kind of, uh, the time that I was around one, somebody made it do something and I was like, all right, bye Felicia. And I walked out of the house. So, uh, y'all mess with them Ouija boards? Hell no. I don't do what they're still. <laughs> no. No. Huh? Did you say, did you say number four was Ouija? Yeah, Ouija two. No, number four is the accountant. Oh, I'm sorry, the accountant. Thank you, the accountant. Sorry, Ben Affleck uh, adaptation movie there. See, I shouldn't be doing box office report. It's not my thing. I don't know what I'm doing. All right, so number four was the accountant. Uh, how much did it make from your perspective? Fourteen million dollars. Right. So uh, Ben Affleck's movie drops a little bit, but not too bad. Number three was Ouija two, correct? That is correct. Alright, do y'all mess with Ouija boards then? No. I get my answer. Hell no. No. I have a story behind that. I was told a story in, was it elementary school, I think? Oh, by, by our uh, band leader, or our band teacher, rather. And this story was so horrifying that I have never thought about touching a Ouija board since. Right. Not that I ever thought it beforehand but after that story i would not even remotely think about touching a ouija board yeah i I was i was i was i think i was in middle school or maybe in first year in high school and i was at somebody's house and they started fooling with that and uh, i was like well bye and i was gone man i don't i don't mess with that kind of stuff hey i'm i'm way too superstitious (laughs) for that um so no uh no and no and no again all right uh number two movie then female perspective it's Jack Reacher. It's at twenty three million. Right, Jack Reacher two, Electric Boogaloo, uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, I want I put a stop sign up for here. Um, anybody modern day Tom Cruise fan? Modern day, this would be post couch jumping. No. No. Yeah. No. 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 Hutch. I don't have anything against him. Yeah. Go ahead, Hutch. Minority report. Uh, that was before that. That's but, before Cap's jumping. That was before. Yeah, 
If you take away his Mission Impossible movies, then he's got Jack Reacher. He's got the, he tried to get the black guy rub from Morgan Freeman. And was that Oblivion? Oblivion. Yeah. Uh, now he's, Oblivion wasn't bad. Uh, what, was that, what was that movie where he kept dying in the video game? Oh, yeah. oh, um, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, Edge yeah. of Tomorrow. Yeah. That, that wasn't was bad. Cool. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've liked the Mission Impossible movies except for the third one. Um, whichever one John Woo did. Maybe that was the second one. I don't really know. But, I mean, those have been pretty good, decent. But I just think that, you know, he's... I don't know why he tries to do anything besides Mission Impossible at this point. Because I think most people... It's kind of hard for people to accept him as anything beyond some sort of spy. Uh, I mean, that's kind of where I feel. Say what? That wasn't really his movie. He was in it. He was in it, but that wasn't really his movie. He said Tropic Thunder. Yeah, but he's just a... That's an ensemble piece. (laughs) (laughs) That's an ensemble piece. I wouldn't say... I mean, they could have probably put anybody in that. It's an ensemble piece, and it, and it definitely wasn't really his movie, per se. Right. All right. And the number one movie in America, which I find to be frightening on so many levels, especially for Tom Cruise, what was number one uh, female perspective? Ooh, Halloween. <laughs> How much money did it make? That's terrible. <laughs> $27.6 million. Mm. And it's but only $20 million, so it's already made a profit. Wow. Wow. Uh, I heard they made that movie in six days. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard. I believe it. Yeah, they probably did make it in six days. Uh, that's yeah, awful. That's terrible on so many levels, too. Uh, but, you know, Tyler Perry has a niche, man. He, he, he knows his box. He stays in his box. And he cleans his box up very, very well. Um, I mean, this is that's a that's a fifty million dollar movie, probably. Um, you know, for its domestic run, I mean, that's impressive in itself. It's probably more a show of a sign of how tarnished the star of Tom Cruise is more than anything else. That he could open a sequel movie that was something that was somewhat successful and lose to you know a Transformer, uh, Medea movie. Now, do you think that Tom Cruise is? Do you think he's upset that his movie was number two? Absolutely. Absolutely. Halloween movie? Yes, absolutely. I'm sure. <laughs> you think he was? Yeah, he was probably super <laughs> hot about that. <laughs> I'm sure he was highly upset about that, and uh, good for him. Um, it's just terrible. Uh, I was basically... I, I I found I sent you that text earlier on the Friday box office. I was like, uh, this looks is setting up to be something that's kind of incredible that this movie is going to lose to this movie. Um, so yeah, that that that's pretty amazing to me. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I don't know how Zenu could allow something like that to go down. I mean, that's, I mean you put all that money into the church, and, and this is what it gets. I mean, that's how, how did mm. Zenu allow that to happen? Yeah, that's that's all. <laughs> I, I, I guess the the rounding up of all the homeless people to go see his movies didn't work out so well. Um, 
It's it's terrible. Uh, yeah, that that I mean, again, his star is tarnished so bad. And you got to think. I mean, again, if you're uh, somebody that listens to this podcast that's under the age of forty, let's say, uh, you probably don't understand how big of a star Tom Cruise was. Um, I mean, he he was the movie star for such a long period of time, and now he's just yeah. You know, I think to young people, he's just that he's just that weird dude. You know what I mean? Like, he's just some weird kind of guy that, yeah, he's just weird. You know, I don't think that they see him as the movie star that he was, um, rightly or wrongly. Um, all right. He's that weird dude. And also, who, who told him that he needed a sequel to Jack Reacher in the first place? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Reacher is right. They reaching on that, that franchise. Nobody wants to get cut. First of all, the Jack Reacher character isn't it? Isn't he supposed to be like six two or something like that? <laughs> and, but probably, I can imagine they just wrote Tom Cruise into that role. And that's, star power, that's uh, pushing it at five seven. So yeah, right. I, <laughs> Jack Reacher needed a sequel. It didn't. Um, and it gave us mm. one, but it definitely didn't. I saw that, um, on a, you know, one of those free HBO movie weekends or whatever. And I was like, this is not very good. Um, like maybe about 35 minutes in. And then the ending is so Tom Cruise-y. Um, so I was just like, man, this is awful. So <laughs> when it wasn't that bad. Hey, easy. Um, but yeah, it, that's not great. So, all right. So, rest in peace, Tom Cruise. You just got Medea slammed. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're giving him an RIP. Well, yeah, SJW. Yeah, SJW. That's right. All right, we don't. We'll come back to it, brother Beavis. All right. So yeah, that's that. That's the box office report. Um, and, and just just as a confirm, confirmation, we're all nope on Tyler Perry movies, correct? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I told yeah. you what I was drinking, didn't I? Duly noted. Enough said. Exactly. All right. So we'll move on into blurred notes. Uh, we got a lot of blurred notes this week. Uh, I'm just going to go through them one by one instead of rolling the die. Um, it's uh, there's a lot, um, a lot of comic book news, a lot of movie news. Um, just just a lot to go through. So I'm just going to hit them from the top here. Um, this one broke late on Friday. Um, Donald Glover of community fame of childish Gambino rap history of uh fox on atl uh which is a great show that i know none of y'all are watching um he has been cast to be young lando in the han solo uh star wars movie that's coming out and i have no idea when it's coming out but it is coming out so we get a han solo origin story donald glover is cast as lando let's go around the room hutch donald glover as lando Awful. <laughs> okay. Female perspective. Um, I don't know. That just seems a bit. I don't know. It just seems kind of off to me. I don't, I don't know what it is about. Small It just seems a little. I don't know. Okay. But, yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> uh, Sandman. I don't see it. Um, I know that he kind of uh, campaigned for that role. Uh, I guess he wanted it, but uh, 
Okay. Uh, Brother Beavis. Wow. Where's the, where's the love? <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I, just, I uh, you know, as far as the initial pictures and stuff that came out, I mean, I guess I could see it. I think the, the, the one thing to consider is like, how much do we know about Lando, like pre Millennium Falcon? I mean, maybe a completely different character than what we've seen in the other movies. So even if he doesn't seem to fit that mold, maybe it still works. I don't know. I, I don't have an issue with it. Right. Uh, I was shocked it wouldn't have been my initial choice, and not because I don't think he's a talented actor or whatever. I kind of thought that since they cast Han Solo as an unknown actor, I thought that they would cast an unknown actor for Lando as that person doesn't outshine the star of the movie. Now, you know, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, whatever, he is a bigger star than whoever they cast as Lando, because I don't even know who the hell it is, or as Han Solo, I don't even know who the heck it is. So I, I thought that they would cast an unknown person as to not outshine the star because, you know, like I said, you know, he's got a fairly large following, especially amongst blurs. Um, so I have no real problem with it. Um, I, I have no real problem with it. I, I'm a, I'm a Donald Glover fan, at least of community fame. I, I don't really listen to his music all that much. And he's great in that show, that Atlanta show on FX. He's great in that though. Um, but he is, I kinda, think we should be terrified of that movie anyway. I mean, the odds of it being yeah. good to me are not high. Yeah. 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 Disney's kind of pushing it on that one. I don't, I don't think that one's going to be particularly good. It's not like Rogue One, that's actually servicing, you know, the Star Wars mythos. Uh, this, eh, I think they're kind of pushing it. Yeah. It's I think we've seen time and time again when you've got these enigmatic characters, that the more you learn about them, the worse it is. I, that's very true. Right. Yep. It's like, right. oh, well, I didn't really need to know that about Lando. It was uh, it was alluded to, and the the uh, the illusion was more than enough. Um, so yeah, okay, so yeah, all right, so we're uh, kind of mixed on uh, Donald Glover. All right, uh, this one around the room. We'll start with Brother Beavis. Uh, now we did the podcast about the uh, death of X and X Men versus the Inhumans that's coming out real soon. We were under the assumption, and the rumor was out there that Marvel was going to kill the X books, and and technically they are, but they're killing them to restart them. So they're coming out with a lot of new books that are going to restart. Uh, Iceman is getting a solo book. Jean Grey is getting a solo book. There's going to be a Weapon X Wolverine book. There's going to be a Cable book. Um, and then the other two books that are going on there, they're going to split the X teams again like they did in the early 90s to X-Men Blue and X-Men Gold team, uh, which was probably the biggest news of the, the starts of the, of the relaunches of the books that are coming in the spring. So, Brother Beavis, restarting X-Men from uh, blue and gold teams again, like 20 years later. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just a case of, like, trying to get some nostalgia attached to it. I think, you know, the bigger question is, like, are they are they aligned with each other or is, are they in opposition? Like, uh, for the most recent history, there's always been, like, Cyclops is X-Men and then everybody else is X-Men. So, I don't know if that'll be the same, if there, you know, there's a reason to split them up. I think we've talked at length about like solo books. Like there are not a lot of X Men that are better alone than they are as part of a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know that there's a need for those. So uh, who knows? I mean, it could be fine. It's an interesting callback to Blue and Gold, but you know they could go a couple different ways with it. We'll see. Sammy. Yeah, it's. It, I think the, the direction of the X Men has been the uh, way they've been going lately. Has it been? Particularly great. I think they're trying to uh, relaunch the 
wants the title. I think they've got a lot of pushback on like that they did with Cyclops alone. A lot of people weren't cool with that because it just kind of like went opposite of what the character's always been. I think they're trying to retcon that now with uh, young Cyclops. This might be another way to do that. Um, yeah, they're getting Jean Grey. I guess the young Jean Grey, I guess, uh, her own title, Iceman. Uh, so maybe they're trying to revive all the original X-Men a little bit because they've kind of taken a backseat uh, lately, uh, largely anyway, outside of maybe Cyclops. But, uh, yeah. There was uh, never really a good reason to split them. In the front. I mean, there was no clear distinction between blue and gold. Like, they didn't serve different purposes. They were just different teams for the sake of having different books. Right. Yeah, they just did it. Yeah. Yeah. One was Cyclops' team, one was Storm's team. You know, yeah. uh, other than that, there was no real reason to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, female so. Spectre, do you want to jump in on this? You <laughs> uh, Yeah. Uh, th- and what was the question again? <laughs> uh, splitting the X Men teams into uh, two new books, uh, the Blue and Gold team. This is a callback to the early 90s when they redid this. Or when they did this the first time, they split the two X teams into a gold team and a blue team. Uh, um, and who's on the gold team again? Uh, we don't know yet, but and I can't. I know Brother Beavis might be able to recall who was on the teams. Uh, but the I original can't gold team was Storm, Bishop, uh, Colossus, Iceman, and uh, Jean Grey, maybe Angel. Mm-hmm. The blue team was the Jim Lee team, which was Cyclops, Rogue, Wolverine, Gambit, Beast, and Psylocke. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to be the blue team all the way because I'm with Storm. So, all right, yeah. there you go. Get your teeth on, I'm on, so there you go. And Gambit yeah. was on the blue team, so that's probably another another strike, right? And, oh, damn it, I'm torn, I'm torn. <laughs> uh, Big Hutch? Um, I hate Disney. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I saw something where they bring back some, like, champion. Then I see some, like, Cyclops and, like, some Hall Cleaners. I mean, what, is it real? Don't be hating on little kids. Uh, if you yeah. went to the website, <laughs> yeah, the peanut gallery is here. Uh, if you went to the website, you would notice uh, at brotherscomics.com, you would notice that there was a review for the champions number one that um, somebody wrote, <coughs> myself. And um, yes, they did bring like a young team of young heroes. I know you hate young heroes, Hutch, with a passion. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I don't want to give you that rant, but what about... He added ageism to his growing list of isms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially tonight. Especially tonight. So what about um, what about relaunching the X-Books? I think Disney, in their infinite wisdom, is trying to build it out of more green bags, and that is awful. They should all rock in hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> duly noted. Uh, and I, I, I thought of you when they when they saw that he was getting a solo book. What do you think about uh, like Cable and Iceman getting solo books, Hush? Cable? Yeah, and Iceman. Well, I think they should have been solo books. Yeah, you tearing me up, man. I, I'm not. Cable. Cable. 
saw it too i was like of all people ice man word and then cable I mean, he has a following it's not a surprise well i guess it is a surprise a little bit because of the marvel disney thing about him getting a book since he's going to be in allegedly in deadpool 2 we're gonna get to that here in a second too but um i, I it's i'm kind of excited about blue and gold uh i like the callback uh, hopefully they retcon Cyclops back to at least somebody that we recognize anymore. Um, they need the nostalgia. I'm sure a Kubert will be drawing one of those books. I, I can't imagine one of them wouldn't be. Um, and, you know, it'll be interesting. They put them out every 90 days. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the plan. Um, and <laughs> let's see. And let's see who, um, you know, let's see who's drawing one of the other books. It, it'll be interesting who the teams are. But, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd be lying if I say when I saw the, the post up for it that I wasn't excited. Um, so, all right. Back to blurred note number three. I said we'd come back to this. News broke. We'll start with female perspective here. News broke on, I think this was Friday as well, that the director of Deadpool um, dropped out of Deadpool number two as the director of Deadpool number two, citing creative differences with um, actor Ryan Reynolds. Uh, so now Deadpool has no director. And it seems like it has an executive producer problem with the star of the movie wanting to take the character in whatever direction he'd like to take it into. Female perspective, new director for Deadpool 2. And did we not see that coming? Yeah. <laughs> I, mentioned, I think we mentioned previously that Deadpool, Deadpool 2 was going to suck, and it is. Um, I think has a false sense of his real uh, Hollywood drawing power, and he's about to get his face cracked. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we we could see this coming. Agreed. So yeah, I believe Deadpool two is pretty much gonna suck. Um, so yeah. Uh, Sandman. Yeah. What do we always say about Fox? Fox is on a Fox. Yeah, Fox gonna they Fox. Basically had this, hey. man. They basically had. They didn't even want to do this franchise. They had to dragged into it by Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds and. Um, that's his name, Tim, uh, Tim Miller, the, the, yeah, the, Tim the original Miller. director. Yeah. And uh, and now it's already coming apart. You know, Miller said the attitude and it's gone his own way. And now uh, I hope that it's not going to run around Ryan Reynolds' head. And it looks like it might have already. Because yeah. I heard it was about something about cable. They couldn't, you know, um, decide on who uh, to cast as cable. Mm-hmm. I mean, really? I mean, that's, that's what's going to break you up. So I don't know. They're off to a bad start already. It's Brother Beavis. Well, uh, you know, I, I think it's kind of hard to say. You know, there's a saying that, like, success has many parents and failures and orphans. Yeah. So, you know, who was really behind the success of the Deadpool movie? Was it really Ryan Reynolds' baby and Tim Miller was along for the ride? Or did he, you know, was he, did he save Ryan Reynolds from disaster? Who knows? I mean, it, you know, if this is a shakeup, the shakeup is probably what they need to avoid what's probably likely sucking, you know, so, I mean, who knows? I think the odds are against it uh, because they'll probably double down on everything that was good, which is going to make it seem derivative. Um, so, who knows? Who knows? Hutch? Yeah. My, I, 
not a big fan of Deadpool. I did like the movie. The director's probably doing a smart thing and going to leave Ryan Reynolds holding the bag. And it's, that movie's going to suck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 my original post was uh, I don't think it matters who directs that movie. That movie is going to suck. Um, it won't matter. They're going to double down again. Sequels tend to be bigger, stronger, faster. Oh, they liked it that one time. Let's give it to them ten times. So there's going to be tons of like dick jokes, tons of uh, overt sexual jokes. It's going to be tons of it. And it's just going to sound, it's just going to, it's not going to play well. And I don't care who they put in it, who's directing it. It's just going to be, it's going to be bad. It won't matter. Um, so, uh, when I saw that, I do think Ryan Reynolds is like, hey, I'm famous now. So respect me, you know, and he's coming to the office and putting his feet up on the table and thinking, you know, everybody's going to cater to his whims. And they're going to pay him a crap ton of money. They're going to spend a huge budget on this movie. And it's as female perspective always says, it's going to be a face crack. So, um, yeah, I'm good with this. Uh, it, it just proves what I've been saying ever since the movie came out. Deadpool was an anomaly. You could do that movie one time, one time you did it as perfect as you could be. Everything that comes after it is going to be, um, awful. It's just going to be awful. And there's nothing that they can do to redeem it. Uh, if I'm wrong, I will eat crow, but I ain't wrong about this. So, all right, so we're all dad. We're all down on Deadpool too. Yeah, yes. it's gonna be like Iron Man too. It's not gonna be good. Yeah. Right. I agree. Okay. All right. Um. Hey, I like the I like Iron Man too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, uh, yeah, Brother Beavis and I are, are you know bigger fans of Iron Man too. Uh, I like it. I know Brother Beavis is not a, a, a likes it as well, right? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's, it's damn sure better than Iron Man Three. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a that's a debate. That's a Here he goes. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, we. Uh, I, I'm. Yeah, I. Okay, that's a different podcast. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, blur note number four. There's not enough cucumber mint sparkling water to have that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me top off my uh, my cucumber mint drink here. Well, uh, I go get a ginger peach one next. <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. All right. Uh, blur note number four. Um, during the week, uh, uh the Invincible or uh, the new Iron Man book is coming out next month, early next month. Uh, it's the Iron Heart book with Riri Williams uh, taking the, one of the roles of Iron Man. Uh, she's 15 year old MIT genius graduate. She built her own Iron Man armor. She's going to take over the role of essentially domestic Plessy versus Ferguson, separate but equal Iron Man. Um, whereas Dr. Doom will take over as international version of Iron Man. Whole nother story. But uh, as a preview for the book, as you know, when new books come out, there's tons and tons of alternate covers. They hire out people to draw different covers and they become, you know, chase covers. They cost a little bit of money, yada, yada, yada. So Marvel hired out a renowned pinup artist, um, J. Scott Campbell, to do one of the covers for issue number one. Um, it showed Riri Williams in like uh, a crop top belly showing boobs kind of huge uh low riding pants 
yeah. with how to back as many of his characters don't have. Um, and, you know, and it wasn't necessarily a sexual pose, but Riri Williams is also 15 years old in this comic book. And it, it rubbed some people the wrong way. Shouts out to um, the Lemonade Show uh, podcast and uh, Steph I Wheel, who kind of brought this up and made it a um, uh, brought it to the attention of Marvel, where they eventually pulled the cover. Um, and then the battles on Twitter that was going on with this um, cover artist, J. Scott Williams, and some other artists jumped in, which we're going to get to in the STFUs. But is it okay? Now, there's four men on this podcast who love comic books and women and their female perspective. So, um, is there a problem with the sexualization or over-sexualization of a com- a 15-year-old comic book character? Um, I think we are starting back at the top with Brother Beavis. Yeah, I think for a lot of reasons. Uh, so for all the reasons that are prevalent in the discussion of everything else that's going on in the world, yes. But I think the other issue too is just from the comic nerd perspective, it becomes obvious that you're doing this for attention and not taking it seriously when you want to have this new and different book featuring, you know, you know, 15 year old black girl, but you're going to make it like every other book you've ever made. And so it's not about trying to change anything. It's about not about trying to introduce something new. It's about trying to grab attention and then go back, put it in the same production machine as everything else and turn out the same kind of garbage treatment of female characters and marginalizing minorities and everything else that we've seen for a long time. Is it Invincible Iron Man? Alright. At the top, Big Hutch. Did you see the um, the, the picture, Hutch? That was in question? Okay. I I think, I, I don't know if I put it on the page or not, but go ahead. Yeah, um, I'm not that upset. You want to elaborate on that? If I look at the right picture, I mean, I've seen worse. I mean, it ain't, I mean, it's not Jubilee, but I mean, I'm alright with it. Okay. But you're okay because she's 15. She's comic book 15. But does that matter? But but you, but you brought up Jubilee, and then I, this came up when I was talking about it online, about, you know, when we walk through the comic book chat, you know, Kitty Pride is 13 at the time when, we, when she gets introduced into the X-Men, Jubilee, roughly the same age, maybe a little bit older at 15. They never were drawing these pinup covers of those kids as teenagers. Not at all. You would be hard-pressed to find a picture of Jubilee as a pinup figure back then, and you for sure aren't going to find one of Kitty Pride back then. You know what I mean? So why does the young black girl get the pinup figure? Yeah, but do you think the person that's going to buy that book because she's, you know, in this pose is somebody that's actually interested in the book? I I mean, I'm looking at it. I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to still buy it. I want my Iron Man to be some white rich dude. Right. <laughs> Noted, but yeah, okay, all right. I mean, again, this I mean, I'm not trying to, um, you know, ha- we all don't need to be thinking alike on this. Uh, but yeah, okay. Female perspective. Uh, Did you see for it? A 15 year old girl, I think it's it's a bit much. I'm looking at the picture now, and yeah, 
I think it, it's a, a bit much for a 15 year old. This is this is obviously made to appeal to to men and teenage boys and so forth. And I understand that um, the objectification of of women, but this is a 15 year old girl, and yeah, yeah, I, I think it's inappropriate. Uh, yeah, okay, uh, Sammy. Yeah, I had a problem with it. Um, and, and first of all, I have to say, I'm a, a big Jay uh, Scott Campbell fan. I uh, very much like his artwork. But uh, for a 15 year old girl, the way that uh, he was portraying her, uh, yeah, but it, it, I just thought it was inappropriate. And obviously, Marvel didn't um, uh, much care for it. I mean, probably after the outcry kind of came out and they kind of called him on it, um, they pulled that cover. But, um, yeah, I didn't care for that either. I thought uh, if you're going to uh, draw a 15-year-old, draw um, as she should be, you know, not overly sexualized like uh, he originally had her. Right. And I'll bet that that was probably one of the covers that they probably settled on. Like, I would imagine that some of his other entries into this were probably much, uh, probably more provocative than the cover that they thought. And they probably were like, oh, okay, this, this could get by. And, you know, I mean, he's been known yep. to draw figures like that of other characters we talked about before we started recording you know where he was i mean he's known for his cover art and i said you know I, i'm a sucker for a great mary jane pinup photo man i am a absolute sucker for it you know but mary jane's usually you know somewhere in her 20s she's not a 15 year old girl and i think there's just a there's a, a, a there's a thin line there i i understand what you're saying hutch like of all the pinup photos that we've seen and the hundreds of comic book covers that we've seen in relation to it it's probably not that bad but it's also like a 15 year old girl and most of the ones that they wind up doing usually aren't 15 year old girls and i think that i think that does kind of speak to the overall object you know it speaks it speaks to it a little bit more so because of her age hutch and also, I mean, she doesn't look like she's 15 years years old in this picture. Right. She looks much yeah. and much more mature. And, yeah, I, I, I think that's inappropriate. Mm -hmm. She's not 15 anymore. What do you mean? She's 15 years old. But, I mean, no, I, I think the start of the book, she's 15 years old. Like, there's no chime jumps. There's no whatever. Like, he drew that with the expressed intention of showing her in a sexualized pose and manner. I just didn't think right. that he or the editors thought, like, ah, you know, we can slide it by and nobody's going to say anything. When it's, you know, I, I can't say that it's clearly inappropriate, but it's inappropriate for sure for a 15-year-old girl to be drawn like that, in my opinion. So, Okay. We're going to get back to pinup artist J. Scott Campbell when we get to the SDFUs because uh, he's going to catch one big time. Um, and then the last one, um, or one of the last ones, I think I might have another one. Uh, the trailer dropped this week for Logan, um, uh, the last Wolverine movie. Uh, they are going to do some version of Old Man Logan that was... Um, a comic book story that they put out a couple years ago, in my opinion, an awful comic book story that they put out a couple years ago. And um, it's the last Hugh Jackman Wolverine movie until his next couple of movies fail and he has to go get a hit. And, um... Wait a minute, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> What's awful about that? It's true. Did you make 
ever do is play Wolverine, and that's not true. I think he's a better actor than that. Scanning, uh, no lies detected. I'm sorry, man. Um, uh, it, it, he, he will be what he will be. And we all know that you come back to what you know that's familiar when things don't work out too well. So, I mean, because his non-Wolverine life has been very sparse, to say the least, in the box office. Very. Hence the proliferation of Mission Impossible movies. Uh, Tom Cruise, we're looking at you. Yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When things go bad, you go back to what you know. And he know Wolverine. And HGH. All right. So, um... <laughs> Big Hutch is influencing me in ways that are, I, I wasn't anticipating. Um, so, all right. So, um, yeah. So, who did you see the trailer? I think we're back to Sandman. Sandman, did you see the trailer? Yeah, I did. Um, it, I, it was surprising. It was um, not at all what I was expecting. Um, um, I actually liked it. It was um, sad. You know, it was kind of, uh, I think they uh, planned on that, trying to drive up the sentimentality of, uh, this is probably the last time we see not only Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, but um, Picard, as, uh, I can't think of his name, as uh, Picard. Professor X, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, he looked even older than he actually is, you know, in that uh, trailer. So I was like, wow. So, yeah, it, um, they did a good job of playing on the heartstrings. Uh, now, the movie could come out and absolutely suck. perspective or big hutch did you see it the trailer i did see i did see it um and, and i have to agree with sam man um it, it looked like it, it was a, a different approach to the character um yeah so and it, it looked like it pulled on your heartstrings um i think this is his farewell performance for the character and so forth so yeah uh, I don't know that much about the story behind, um, is this sort of the old man Walter story or something like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's I, I don't the, know about yeah. that story, uh, or that narrative, but, um, yeah, I, I, it, it looked like it was a different approach to the character, so I'm interested in seeing where they go with it. Okay. Uh, Hush, did you see the trailer? No. I'm sending it to you right now. Um. Now we'll go and we'll go with uh, Brother Beavis while I send it to you. Brother Beavis, did you see? I the didn't trailer? see the trailer, but I saw some of the pro the promotional materials, some of the original posters that came out, and I did not read the story either. I mean, the question for, that I have is like, you know, they had they had sort of made this effort with Days of Future Past to converge the cinematic timeline, which then became sort of confusing with the you know where Logan ends up at the at the end of that where he you know, taken out of the water by Mystique pretending to be Stryker, but then somehow reunites with Professor X. So, you know, and then and then Apocalypse did not continue that narrative really in any good way. So, I, you know, it just seems like they just said, fuck it, and put the movie out in the future and whatever. I mean, it, it's good, it's fine, but it, to me it just, it seems like a one-off to service him and get him out of the story more so than to really further the cinematic universe. Spoiler alert for the, if you haven't seen the trailer is that um, it's a real introduction to X-23. Um, and, well, let me backtrack. If The Old Man Logan story is some like alternate timeline in history where 
Um, there's all these incestual hulks, like where Bruce Banner had relations with his cousin. And so there's all these incestual hulks that are ruling the country that are divided into all these sections. And essentially Wolverine has to get across the country through all of these territories. And he's riding with somebody it's with old man Hawkeye, essentially. And the story, yeah. And, and the story is all of these characters that they introduce with that Fox doesn't have the rights to. So they're making a story with characters that they don't have any of the rights to. So they're really just kind of picking and choosing. And so I think, you know, from the trailers or what you read, they're going to use like something with the Reavers and Donald Pierce. And, you know, they're just piecing it together. Uh, I thought the trailer looked like a Nicholas Sparks movie, to be quite honest with you. And I don't like Nicholas Sparks. Uh, so I was like, this looks like some ish. And I'm not like, I'm not liking it. And uh, I, 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 I was sharing this with somebody. I don't know who it was on Twitter. Uh, Big Hutch, Female Perspective, and I uh, saw the original Wolverine movie at, at a midnight screening. Um, and, oh, wow. you know, on a school night. And we was hype as heck getting there. Like, oh, man, you know, this is about to be lit. You know, we about to do, you know, we was hype. And I would say, Hutch, get, give me a time frame from when we was like, uh-oh, this might be some bullshit. Uh, probably after the credits. <laughs> <laughs> the opening credits. Yeah, the opening yeah. credits. Yeah, after the scene where they, um, uh, do you know, do the little time jumps where the him and Sabretooth had fought in all these worlds, war, uh, these wars or whatever. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, I look good, you know, back to back. <sighs> but uh, after that, though, it's kind of awful. Um, awful, awful, too. Um, there's really nothing redeeming about that movie pretty much from that point on. I mean, Gambit's introduction is okay, uh, but the rest of it is just garbage. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I, and then the Wolverine, um, I mean, that, that that's like Attack of the Clones coming out after Phantom Menace. I mean, it's better than that one, but it doesn't mean that it's any good. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, the Wolverine is okay. Well, I think well, let me ask you, uh, why do you think it's been so difficult for them to hit the right tone with the Wolverine movie since this is one of the most popular characters out of the X-Men uh, comic books. Why have they? Why has it been so difficult for them to find the right tone as far as the movies are concerned? Hutch. Well, I mean, Wolverine is a cool character, but he—I mean—he's kind of bad when he doesn't say nothing, just start killing folks. <laughs> okay, Sam. Man, my theory is that um, Fox doesn't truly understand. The characters they have. I mean, yeah, they have the rights to the X Men, but they're hit and miss with them a lot. Um, I think that's uh, the advantage Marvel has being the, the progenitors of those characters. They understand them better. Fox, they they try to just impact a lot of action into their movies within a two hour period, and a lot of times they just the plots don't uh, actually make a lot of sense, or uh, they're just not well written. Um, so, I don't know. It's just, that's what I think. It's, uh, they just try to force as much action in two hours as they can. And a lot of times it doesn't work well. Brother Beavis? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, X2 
two is probably the best version we've had where, you know, he cuts loose in the mansion when he gets invaded. I mean, I think that's about the best they've pulled off. And then, and, you know, they've, as they've made him the leading character, both in the X-Men and his own movies, I think, you know, kind of like Big Hutch said, that's where it starts to fall apart. But I think just the movies are not well made is the other thing. I mean, they're not, you know, they're, the first one was a disaster. And they just, that was just a case of they like, they had a bunch of characters, they threw them together, you know, just, just to flesh out a movie and it just didn't go well. Um, the second one, they tried to sort of put it in the context of a classic story, but it just, the movie wasn't made well. Um, and then, you know, and then now he's, you know, the star of all the subsequent ones, um, you know, whether he should be or not. It's just, he's a better supporting character than he is a lead. I agree with that too. Um, I think, I think there's a couple of different parts of this. I think one that the actor that's involved in it, who is great at this role also wants to show off his acting chops in these movies. Um, whereas people want to see Wolverine cut loose and do stuff. Yeah. I think he likes, you know, like, Hey, you know, I am an actor. I'm classically trained and he wants to show off more of being, you know, the human side of Logan, where as opposed to most of us just want to see, you know, kind of a version of the animal. Um, I think that's part of it. I think, too, let's be honest with you for the comic book people on here. There aren't really a lot of classic Wolverine solo stories. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you know, I mean, he's had a solo book for a long time, limited series for a long time. I mean, can you really recall something as a solo story for Wolverine that could carry a whole movie? Um it's a struggle bus. I mean, he's had great stories involved with the X-Men, but like on his own, I'll be honest with you. Some of them early Wolverine uh, books after that limited series, the first relaunch, some of them books are terrible, man. I mean, absolutely awful. So, uh, I think, I think that's part of it too. Um, I, I I don't know. He works better with the X-Men to me in those movies. I don't like it that they push him to the front sometimes, but at least in the team concept, it works out a little bit better. Um, but he at least true. needs somebody strong to play off of, and even in the first couple X Men, like Cyclops is not is not well portrayed in the movies. Right, but he plays off yeah. Cyclops very well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He needs somebody to play off. So he needs sort of like you know some someone to antagonize him that is also a pro- protagonist. That's what works, I think. Right. Okay. Um. All right. So Hutch, did you see the trailer? I sent it to you. Yeah. What do you think? It's, it's okay. The story is kind of strange from what I know of it. I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna look it up and see how it all works out. No. But the tricks are it's all right. Mm-hmm. I like the Doctor Strange trailer too. The, we're gonna have to talk about that later as well. Um, because I, I didn't think female perspective was coming on. I wouldn't call them blurred notes, but they were side topics of things that dropped this week that I was like, oh, I need to get female perspectives on. Um, take on this. Uh, one of them, before we get to STFUs, one of them, um, there's a new Willy Wonka film in the works by Warner Brothers. Um, after oh the original, um, Gene, <laughs> Gene Wilder. I, 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 let me get it out. The original with Gene Wilder and then the remake with Johnny Depp. Um, there's another remake in the, in the works, um, Female Perspective. Yes, I saw that they're supposed to be uh, making, is it a prequel or something to that effect? Um, and, and like I, 
Uh, basically, you would think that they would have learned from the John Depp fiasco, because that movie was garbage. The only true Willy Wonka will always be Gene Wilder, period. Leave it at that, yeah. let it move on, and that's it. There doesn't need to be a sequel, there doesn't need to be a prequel, or a remake, a reboot, or re-whatever. Leave it alone. It's been done, it's been done to perfection, let it go. Right. Uh, uh, I don't think anybody's going to argue with you with that. I just kind of found it interesting that, what has that movie been out? Maybe 10 years, D? That remake of Willy Wonka? Maybe? Um, I just thought that, yeah, I just was like, man, I, if why in the world are we trying to revisit this? Like, it doesn't need to be revisited at all. And because when you revisited it the first time, um, boy, what a horrible, horrible movie that they put out there with Johnny Depp and uh, Tim Burton. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm good on that one. And then the other one that I saw was that they were um, they were going to put out a um, uh, Enemy of the State, the movie starring Will Smith and Gene Hackman that came out of uh, probably 15 plus years ago now in and of itself. Um, they're going to remake that show uh, for a TV series, like as an ongoing TV series. And I thought I'd try to get you on that one, Two Female Perspective. What do you think? Um, or enemy of the state, but I don't know. It depends on how it's done. I mean, there there might be some leeway into making that into a, yeah, a halfway interesting television series if it's done properly. I mean, because the storyline kind of uh, kind of can go along with it being a TV series. So I mean, it, I, I would have to see what direction they're going to go in as far as you know setting it up as a TV series, but. I guess I can kind of see that happening. Brother Beavis? Uh, it's just another government conspiracy, you know, spying. I, I don't see the need for it. I mean, it feels like that story's been told. So, it's, you know, if it's well-made and there's great actors and there's a story to be told, sure. Right. Seems like but, it might be about seven to ten years late. Uh, I, I, you know, the proliferation of Internet hacking and spying on you. You know, it, we may have gone over the hill on that, but I think that show actually might play better on television if they cast it properly and whatnot. I think, you know, I think there's a market for that. Hutch, what do you think about Enemy of the State, the TV series? Starring Jaden Smith, probably. Uh, <laughs> that's, 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 uh, Hutch. Yeah, that's- what about the show of itself, not starring Jaden Smith? <laughs> or without Jaden Smith. So, yeah, I mean, see the blacklist, see the egg file, see. I mean, yeah, it's been done already. I mean, there's. I mean, this is the cow has been milked. There's nothing left. Right. Okay. Sandman. <laughs> Yeah, I don't see much need for this. I mean, it just seems like another uh, attempted cash grab on uh, endless uh, uh, IPs that they can probably just, uh, like I said, just uh, milk the hell out of it. <laughs> and uh, especially if you got crazy ass Jaden Smith in it, <laughs> I, I want no part of that. That's an unsubstantiated Brothers Comics rumor, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was not uh something that uh that actually is is was alluded to or anything like that um that was just me all right um let's get to go ahead sorry no, okay, we're good. All right, so let's get to the STFUs. Um, I got a list of people here. Um, uh, uh, Brother Beavis, you want to just give one to Heinz Ward? Because every time we have you on, you want to just perpetually give one to Heinz Ward. So why don't you just give Heinz That's Ward right. the STFU? Yeah, Heinz Ward can have it. Although I was watching them play today, and I was kind of rooting for them, man down and all against the hated Patriots. But, you know. It was nice to see the Steelers anyway. It always is. I think an angel gets their wings every time that they lose. <laughs> um, so, hold on. So, we, we got the sounder for the STFUs anymore. So, hold on. Let me see if I can pull it up. Here it is. Let's see if it'll play. I just like playing it because it's just fun. Here it is. Hey, yo. Shut the fuck up. All right. So, Heinz Ward's. <laughs> So Heinz Ward, you get one as usual. It's a perpetual award for Heinz. I can't even get it to stop. Lifetime achievement award. Yeah, it is. For yeah. sure. Um, so, yeah, Heinz Ward gets one. Uh, female perspective, Brother Beavis, or uh, Hot, you got anybody? Um, I can't think of anyone offhand. Um, I got one for Charles Barkley. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Go ahead. What do you do this time? Paul Barkley is sitting there. I don't know why, but he's talking shit about Colin Kaepernick, too. Well, y'all get off Colin Kaepernick's nuts at this point. <laughs> Damn! Let the man kneel down with Everett. I've never heard so much bullshit about some dude kneeling down. Right. Charles Barkley, he, he's always on the wrong side of everything. I mean, so he can shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh, no. Wait, wait. I have somebody that can say that for you. You didn't have to. Hold on. I think I got somebody that can say it for you real quick. Uh, yeah, Charles Barkley, um, he is the Jason Whitlock of the athletic realm um, that he's always going to almost exclusively take the contrarian side to anything that has to do with race. Um, just because. I, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know why anymore. And I don't know why then. You know, white people love Charles Barkley because he typically will say what they're thinking. Um, he's like, well, Charles Barkley said, I'm like, when the fuck did Charles Barkley become the, the ambassador of the black folks? We about to trade him back in the racial draft, you know, from Chappelle's show. So, um, yeah. So to you, Charles Barkley, for being that nigga, basically, you, you just that nigga that's going to say whatever, just because you're perfectly comfortable saying some dumb shit. So to you, Charles Barkley, you can get one of these. Alright. So that's for Charles Barkley. Um, who else you got? Um, I got another one. I mean, it's another. Did y'all see that poll about people from the age of 55 are not watching NFL games? People, what is it? Have you noticed that they said that the NFL ratings have gone down, and they said it's because because of Colin Kaepernick protesting? Oh, yeah, I, I, I did see that the ratings are down. Um, I, I mean, I, you would hope that it's not the reason that that that's the reason that they're down, but. Um, I, I could imagine some I don't people. Think that's the reason. Well, I could imagine some people are not watching it because of that. 
you know, that that was their last, the last straw. You know, one of these uppity Negroes has gone out there and started saying things that they don't agree with or doing something that they don't agree with. Uh, I would say that the horrible officiating is one of the reasons that I'm kind of pulling back from watching the game sometimes. Um, but yeah, there, there is, there, there is that, there is that aspect to what I would imagine too. So, right. yeah. I mean, I, people need to be paying attention. There's a whole bunch of people that will say the Pledge of Allegiance or, you know, all that stuff, and they don't give a fuck about this country. But right. they will say it, they'll put their heart or their hand over their heart and sing it, but do they mean it? Right. It makes, enjoy your freedom, folks. You can say what you want to say. Right. Yeah, I, I, I don't, yeah. There's so many people that say they love this country, but hate everybody that doesn't look like them that's in it. Um, so <laughs> it's a little bit different um, perspective that I have for that, too. And there's another one, too, that came out this week that the uh, the Giants, the NFL football Giants, <clears throat> they had Josh Brown, the the kicker on their team, who admitted that, yeah, that, yeah, that he beat the dog crap out of his wife. The NFL knew about it. They gave him, a, I think, a one-game suspension. Um, and then all the facts came out later on and now they're trying to walk it back. Like, well, you know, Hey, well, we didn't really know when, when you know that they did, um, they just, you know, they thought they could slide it by probably because he was a kicker. Um, didn't we do this two years ago? Yes. With Ray Rice. Correct. Yeah. Ray Rice. Yeah. And when the facts came out, you saw what happened to Ray Rice. He definitely didn't get a one game suspension. Um, and he got, well, I guess he got a two game suspension or a four game before they, you know, they retconned it and fixed it back. So. Um, yeah, it's not a good look um, for the NFL. It's not a good look for anybody. Um, and, you know, that dude, you know, now he's never going to kick in the NFL again. But it's such a, a, a reactionary pose to it as opposed to a, a getting out in front of it, which the NFL fails to do on many times in terms of domestic violence with their players. Touch. Yep. Oh, I mean, most definitely. I mean, that, that is awful. But, I mean, but the, they love the Giants. The Giants represent uh, uh, whatever. But, you know, yeah, that is awful. He should have been out of the league a long time ago and in probably jail. I mean, he wrote it down and he did it. And they're like, you got to hit the diary and shit. And right. they're like, okay, what is the suspension? That's bullshit. Right. It totally is. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I was that one. And then I wanted to come back to J. Scott Campbell and uh, what's that book that uh, Eric Larson does, Brother Beavis? Savage Dragon. Savage Dragon. Yeah. Oh, he did Savage Dragon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they were, you know, this incident with Riri Williams and the cover of of Iron Man, you know, when people were, you know, kind of calling back at it that like, hey, you know, maybe this ain't such a great idea. Maybe you shouldn't do this. You know, they went to the, you know, standard white guy response, like, oh, y'all are being, you know, overreactionary, you're overreacting, this is SJW, social justice warriors, you know, trying to essentially attack the white man for his ability to write, you know, and draw characters of color and whatever. I mean, it, it was awful for both of them. And, you know, and people were going back at them. It's like, you know what? You really are on the wrong side of this. Maybe you should listen. Maybe, you know, and then they just kept digging in, just like Rob Liefeld, you know, three weeks ago. Just digging in, you know, they didn't go with the reverse racism card as Liefeld did, but um, it it's just awful. Uh, I don't understand why that they, I, I just don't get it. Like it's like somebody's telling you something that might be problematic, 
your first response shouldn't be to get super defensive. It should be to listen. And they don't. They just go straight to their, uh, to, well, blah, blah, blah. This has been done for years. Well, just because it's been done for years, then maybe you shouldn't do it. And slavery was done for 300 some odd years. Maybe that wasn't such a great idea either, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So they both get one for me. Um, I freaking lost the sounder there. But yeah, they can show, shut the fuck up. Um, anybody else? Got anybody? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got one. This is almost too easy, but uh, Donald Trump, come on down. <laughs> oh, my God. He gets a perpetual. Right? Every week, it's just so easy to pick this fool. I mean, this idiot is going like, to, uh, he said he's not going to accept the results of the election if he, yeah. unless he wins. Come on, man. I mean, now you're going to destroy the foundation of uh, what you're trying to be the leader of. Yes. I mean, you know, if he can't win. He's just going to burn everything down, cause him much trouble. I mean, Republicans, they're going to, it's going to take them like maybe eight years to get <laughs> over all the damage this cat's caused them. Um, it, it's unbelievable what he won't say. I mean, <laughs> what won't he do? Right. <laughs> At this point, you know. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, that's an easy one, but yeah, yeah I'm he, so sick of this fool. Again, we could give him one every week. We could also, I mean, name the award after him. We could, uh, we could also ban him until after the election. Um, but he would, right. he would just keep doing things that's going to pull us into back to talking to him. I mean, he just doesn't care. I mean, he's literally at that point where he's like, well, okay, they're not paying attention to me. Well, I'm going to say something even more outrageous. And I don't even think that he's doing it. Um, like for the attention anymore. I really think he genuinely believes this. Like, I think this man is genuinely having a meltdown, like right in front of our faces, like literally. Mm-hmm. And I told you, he's going to pull a Joe Paterno yeah. after he loses. He's just going to die. Like all that hate that's in sustaining him now, he's just going to like absolutely die. And that'll be it. You know, we won't have to worry about it. Um, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He could get one every week. Um, yeah. I had one more. Where is it? I had one more. Hold on. Oh, LeBron James, man. Uh, LeBron James get one. You know what? We are, we're not even, we are a World Series away from a world where the Cleveland Cavaliers and either the Cleveland Indians or the Chicago Cubs are going to win championships in the same calendar year. Um, That's the sign of the zombie apocalypse for sure. Um, And I blame LeBron. (laughs) For lifting that curse. He lifted that curse off that city, man. And that is going to ruin everything. He did. He can't save the Browns, but he done ruined everything else. So, yeah, LeBron, you get one for me, man. I don't like that at all. Uh, I I hate that. He's been a Yankees fan a couple years ago, too. And now he's a front runner Indian fan. Yeah. Well, yeah, nobody kind of called him on that. That's kind of interesting. Well, LeBron is the ultimate front runner, um, but that's another <laughs> podcast too. Um, so yeah, so that's yeah, it's, yeah, one for one for LeBron James for me. All right, as we just crossed the, you got another one, Hutch. I do got one more. Go ahead. This is what I was about to say, Cleveland. Uh, let's let's get into this one to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh so yeah. Just now in 2017 is now gonna nominate Jerry. For the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's bad too. Mm-hmm. But the other ones that are on the list too it was like, how is Janet Jackson just up for being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame too? 
I mean, she's been famous since she was 17. She's 50. Um, like, how in the world is she yeah. just getting around okay. to a nomination? You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. I mean, what did... Don't, don't, don't you have, like, have to have, like, 25 years uh, between, like, when you have your or something like that before you're eligible to be, um, you know, submitted into the Hall of Fame. But when, did, but when, did, control, like when did Control come out? Control was Huh? When did Control come out? That was, what, 85? 85 mm-hmm. or something. 85, 86? So, if that's... But a, <laughs> well, that's true, too. But I'm just saying... Yeah, but I'm just saying that that should have been, she should have been in already. Like, there's no reason Janet Jackson should have been waiting. You know, I mean, again, her right. recent career is whatever it is. But, I mean, you know, her her run from 85, 86 to 2000 is pretty unprecedented in most circles. So, you know, yeah, right. I, I think. I think like that, all fans of Joe. Right. That's all you have it should be just a musical hall of fame. It's not even rock and roll. It's I mean they got they have all types of music in it, but they got the rock and roll hall of fame for some reason. Yeah. And I did see Pop was also eligible, so I hope he gets in as well. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, 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 he had his first uh, um, uh, his first album came out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you can That's contribute right. it with his digital underground fame. I think would have kind of counts him eligible for that since he was a contributor on that end. Um, so I don't know. That's it, yeah. Uh, Brother Beavis is right. It's a, it's a joke. Um, it's, it is what it is. But again, another thing about Cleveland that they can go to hell too. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I blame, yeah, I blame, I blame LeBron for all of it basically is what I'm saying. And even though, that's basically it. Yeah, I mean, he shattered that curse. Yeah, yeah he yeah, did. He, he broke it, man. Curse, and he so. lifted the curse. Man. Shit's unchanged. Things unchanged. So, all right. So as we cross over to about an hour and ten minutes, we wrap up podcast number forty-eight for Brothers Comics. Uh, looking ahead, uh, this coming week in, we have the. Tampa Bay, Florida, Megacon, uh, working on press, still trying to get, uh, see if Brother Sandman's gonna go, have to scoop up and sweep him if he's not working, uh, we'll set to talk about it offline, um, <laughs> um, so we have Florida Megacon, uh, in Tampa this weekend, try to get a lot of cosplayers and interviews and whatnot, and we'll pull them all up to the website, uh, shortly thereafter, um, anything else that I'm missing that's going on? Uh, Hodge, female perspective. I think Walker Con was this weekend. The, the, uh, that con for that, the Walking Dead show. Wasn't that this weekend in Atlanta? It probably was. They're coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're past, but well, the Walking Dead is, is Walking Dead at this point. <laughs> we want to get knocked off. Right. All right. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so that, uh, we missed that, but yeah, we got that coming up. Like I said, we're on our way towards podcast number 50. Uh, we do need to do a Halloween podcast sometime next week. I gotta figure that out, uh, what we wanna, I don't know if we wanna live tweet something or watch something together, but, um, yeah, we do, we need to do a Halloween podcast. This is, uh, Big Hutch's favorite time of the year, by far one of his favorite holidays. Uh, I am not a Halloween person, not for religious reasons or anything like that. It's just 
don't like it. Just don't, you know, I don't, I'm not into being scared or anything like that. I just don't like it. Um, Brother Beavis, I don't know if you've ever had this conversation. You a Halloween person? Not really. Mm-hmm. I usually put on a Captain America shirt. That's about it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I look like every other person out now. Yeah, because yeah, I'm yeah, right. <laughs> used to be unique now we're like uh hipsters um all right uh sam man are you a halloween person i am i, I, I kind of uh i think i like the time of year actually more than i like halloween i mean it is kind of nice to see the, the costumes and stuff that come out yeah. uh but um so again what Yay! Yeah, uh, Hutch, yeah, yeah. Hutch, yeah. female perspective, big Halloween folks. Uh, surprised y'all hadn't went out and seen Ouija too. Um, so uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not my favorite time of the year, but you know we'll 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 struggle bust through it um, and try to avoid every TV station on cable this week as I scroll through stations at night to wind up I don't wind up <laughs> clicking on something or seeing something that I'm not supposed to see, so I can't sleep at night. Um, not a good time. Either. It's just not. Uh, so, all right. So that's it. We'll wrap up podcast 48 for Brothers Comics. Uh, I am your host and the producer, and I'm going to sign off, and we'll sign off across the table here. Uh, let's start with uh, where we started before, Brother Beavis. So go ahead and sign off. All right, I'll catch you. I'll catch you next time. All right. Uh, Sandman. All right, y'all. Peace out. We'll see you next time. All right. Uh, Female Perspective, thanks for coming on again. Oh, you're welcome. Adios from the Female Perspective. And the 10 percenter himself, Big Hotch, go ahead and sign off. Uh, Yes, have a wonderful evening from the Cosmo. 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 (laughs) (laughs) All right. Go find out who who Negan killed, and uh, we'll see you guys on the other side. All right. (laughs) Take it easy, y'all. Later.